Welcome to this exciting series on Proverbs, the voice of wisdom. The book of Proverbs has been read and treasured by millions of believers for hundreds of years. There is so much wisdom to be found in this amazing book. In this series, Pastor Tim Brooks and Paul Kern will be sharing concepts of wisdom that will equip you to share in this life of victory God has for you. Now, join Pastor Tim Brooks for this message on Proverbs, the voice of wisdom. We're in a series uh, in Proverbs, lesson number nine, and Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's all about wisdom. Uh, Wisdom is taught in God's Word from cover to cover. And, And what we've been talking about, focusing on wisdom, wisdom is not a Sunday morning sermon, nor is it a Wednesday night Bible study topic. Wisdom is to make you godlike during the week. Wisdom is to make you much more productive during the week. Wisdom is to make you more money during the week. Wisdom is to make you a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, a better coworker. Wisdom is to pay great benefits in your daily life. Uh, it's to, wisdom makes you live in more peace when you make wise decisions. And if you look back over your life, and if you will look back over your life and be honest, the vast majority of your heartaches is stupidity. And it starts real young in life, being stupid, and we perfect that as we get older. Uh, and, and it seems like as we get older, the, the more stupid and the more serious consequences of stupidity pays in our life. It just... That's dumb. That, that, that was a real stupid move I just made. Wisdom is taught in God's Word to make you successful in all that you do. As God told Joshua. To make you successful in all that you do. Following God's wisdom is a full-time job. Because foolishness is crying out always. And as we've been reading... Foolishness is always wanting you to get in bed with it. Here, come lay with me. Foolishness wants you to, here, come lay with me. Come participate with me. Come, come. Foolishness is crying out. Foolishness watches you walk across the street and cries out to you. Foolishness sees you in a situation and, hey, come. Foolishness is crying out all the time. And so following God's wisdom it's, it's just a full-time job. It, it really is. And maybe it, it isn't as full-time for you as it is for me, but it's extremely full-time for me. Chapter 8, verse 20. Chapter 8, verse 20. I walk in righteousness in paths of justice. Chapter 10, verse 28. The hopes of the godly result in happiness. Chapter 12, verse 28. The way of the godly leads to life. In this lesson, we want to look at one word that is translated into the English in three different words. These words are used interchangeably throughout Proverbs, upright, righteous, or godly. You'll read the word upright, you'll read the word righteous, or you'll read the word godly, and and those all come from the same 
word, the Hebrew word in, in Proverbs that we translate in English as righteous, upright, and godly, describes an ethical conduct that conforms to God's standards. Uh, uh, an ethical conduct, a way you, uh, the way you conduct yourself, we know conduct, the way you conduct yourself conforms to God's word. That's what it's called godliness. That's what it means to be righteous. That's what it means to, to be upright is when your conduct is conforming to God's standards and not what you think is okay for you. It's not what some rap star that you listen to thinks is okay. It's not what some movie star that we're interviewing thinks is okay. Does it surprise you how we interview movie stars about foreign policy? I mean, <laughs> I won't, that's, I'm not preaching on that, it's something else. But I, so they got famous in one movie. And so now they're an expert in, in conduct and wisdom and parenting and marriage. And, and we're interviewing them on how to live life. Look, they, they acted really good in some dumb show that wasn't even good. And so we're all impressed with them. And now they're an expert on foreign policy. You know, let me tell you something. An important lesson for us to understand. And, and I, don't, I don't know how I can possibly overstate this but at judgment day you won't stand in front of your friend who thought it was okay at judgment day you won't stand before your rap star hero or the movie star that on judgment day you won't stand before your afternoon talk show host that wants to tell you about life We've got to look at what God says about right living. God is a righteous God. His conduct, his character is holy. Just a few other scriptures. Go to the very back of your Bible, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Go back to the front of your Bible, Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Back of the Bible, front of the Bible, to the middle of the Bible, go to Psalms 11. Psalms 11, verse 7. For the righteous Lord loves justice. God is holy. God is righteous, God is right, God is upright, and we are to be more and more like Him each and every day. We're not to live our life 
and see how close to sin we can get without really going overboard. Just how close to messing up can I really get? Each and every day, we are to pursue godliness, uprightness, a right living. God is right. Our God is a righteous God. Number two, God's word is righteous. Not only is God right, God's word is righteous. Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 138. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. Back to Proverbs 8, 6. Proverbs 8, 6. Listen to me. I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right. Verse 8. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding. God's word is right. God is right. God's word is right. Number three, as we hear God's word, we have a responsibility to obey God's word. And I, I, I don't know, I never cease to be amazed at hearing where Christians are or what they went to or what they did. They did what? They were where? They entertained themselves how? I'm a, seriously? Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 40 If you obey all the decrees and the commands I'm giving you today, all will be well with you. Now get this. If you obey God, all will be well with you. All will be well with you. I'm giving you these instructions so you will enjoy. Oh, we'll talk about this in a minute. I don't want to get to this yet. God's instruction, but I'm going to. God's instructions are not to ruin your life. And we've got such a negative connotation of God's will. He's going to ruin your life. Especially if you're a teenager, he's just going to make your life no fun. God's desire is that you enjoy life. And it's no fun thinking you got AIDS. It's no fun counting the days of your girlfriend's cycle. It's no fun looking in the rearview mirror wondering if those flashing blue lights are coming for you. It's no fun sleeping at night wondering who's going to kick the door in in the house. I mean, when you start getting into a life of sin, you think that is fun. And it, God's word is given that you might enjoy life. That you might have a blessed life and he's not trying to ruin your life. We've got a responsibility to obey God's word. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. There is a doing of God's will. And when you hear God's word, you have a responsibility to obey it. The fourth point, God's actions are right. 
Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth. God's actions are right. God brings rightness or righteousness or an uprightness to the earth. That's what we do. See, that when we become more like Him, our job is to bring a standard of right living in the dorm, in the workplace, with your co-workers, on the job, at night, in the home, in the family. Our job is to bring an ethical rightness, a holy conduct into life. And, and Christians, cussing and screaming and slamming doors and throwing things and swearing and getting in their car and spinning gravel everywhere. But come on, guys. We are to be bringing a right standard of living into the home, not bringing the spirit of the devil in here. As a godly person, we are to, we are to usher in a godlike characteristic where we are. God's actions are right. Now, as God's people, we are to get our direction for our actions from him. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Chapter 13 verse 21. Trouble chases sinners, while blessings reward the righteous. Now, I want to talk about this. Blessings follow those who are living right before God. And if you're not, trouble's chasing you. Now, I don't care if your mama knows it or your daddy catches you. I don't care if the police are finding out and you're sneaking around. Here's what I'm telling you. Trouble chases sin. It chases the sinner. While blessings reward the righteous. There's nothing lucky or unlucky about people. You live right before God. You are abundantly blessed. When you live like hell, that's what chases you. And your whole life unravels your marriage, your kids, your family, your finances, your health. I mean, your, whole, it just, your life is in a mess because trouble chase, chases sinful activity. Chapter 16, verse 8. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Because you watch the rich fall apart. And the godly walk into blessings. You, you watch that happen in life. 
And, and what, I, what I'm trying to say here as you study the Word, and particularly Proverbs, and live in wisdom, doing the right thing brings blessings in life. And, and probably I should have just walked out here, said that, closed in prayer. But as a proficient preacher, I want to draw that one sentence out until you're bored stiff. But that's the bottom line. Doing the right thing brings blessings in life. And doing the wrong thing will always, trouble will always hunt you down. Let's read some Proverbs. Start in chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, 33. The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. I don't know, is there anything we could add to that? The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. Chapter eleven twenty-eight. Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in the spring. Verse 30. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. Uh, let's look back at chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 10. Where am I? The whole, verse 10, chapter 11. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. They shout for joy when the wicked die. People like godliness, and they don't like wickedness. Uh, it, it's just real simple, and you think they do, but they don't. When a godly guy dies, you got a lot of sad folks. He was a good man. He was a good, good man. Chapter 13, verse 22. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. It's interesting. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth will be passed to the godly. Chapter 14, verse 11. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. You know, usually when you read scriptures as a preacher, then you embellish on them. I don't know what else to say. I'm I, okay. Chapter 20, verse 7. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. The godly walk in integrity, and blessed are the children who follow them in their integrity. Chapter 21, verse 25. Despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin, for their hands refuse to work. Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Chapter 29. Here's what I want you to know. In a society... And I suppose what I'm about to share is, at this point in my life, is my number one drive. This is my whole drive 
right now at this season of my life. When I begin to see that in a society where leadership is elected by a majority vote, it's not inherited. Now, I don't know if, you've, if you study leadership around the world. Uh, you see, when the world is when the world or a country is ruled by inherited officials. Y'all understand how that happens. You're a king, then your son was a king, then your son is a when, when the king or the president or the prime minister or whoever it is, the czar or the dictator, when that position is inherited, the kingdom is ruled in a godly manner or in a heathen manner based on the inherited position. Does everybody understand that? It, you get lucky and you, I mean, you, got an in, you inherited a godly guy. Well, then we've got godliness in the kingdom. Or the next king comes in and he's ungodly. Or just read the Old Testament. Read Judges and read Kings and, and, and you watch what I'm telling you happen here. But in a society where our leaders are elected by a popular or by a majority vote, Chapter 29, verse 2. When the godly are in authority, people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. When you live in a society where the majority of people elect our leadership, in our society, it's not enough for you to just be godly. You have to affect other people. For us to maintain a godly America, we have got to make, do, we got to make sure that the majority of the people are godly or we won't have godly leadership. Now, you, you, you're always gonna have heathens and we'll have heathens in America. What we got to make sure of is that we don't have the majority of the people heathen electing heathens. The majority have got to be godly, have got to think godly, have got to be biblical in their worldview, and then they will continue to elect people that will guide us in a biblical thinking fashion. And when I say biblical thinking, I don't murder, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't covet. Go to any nation that doesn't teach the Ten Commandments and you see what kind of life they live. I don't want that. Now, I, I, I'm not trying to make every American Methodist or Baptist or Catholic or Lutheran. or I'm, What I want to make sure of is that, every Amer- that the majority of Americans have a biblical worldview. Because that's the only way in a society who votes for their leaders for that society to maintain a, a biblical thinking nation. And we're 50-50 right now. It, it just, it, it, we're, we're right here. See, we're, for, for 250 or 300 years, however long we have been here and been a nation and, and been electing leaders, we've elected people who knew it was wrong don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. Don't. We elected leaders that understood the basis of the Ten Commandments. But now all of a sudden, it's, 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 it's kind of going almost either way. 
And I, I, don't, I don't even know where we would be right now had the election gone another way. I, I don't know where America... I mean, really? When we're telling elementary kids to choose your bathroom, how close to a heathen nation can we get? And, and we're, we're just right here. And so my defining drive right now, and I, I'm, maybe if you come to this church... You're thinking about going to another one because you're tired of hearing this same sermon. But uh, I'm just consumed with making sure we have a biblical worldview. And that our kids and our grandkids, and, that, and because, because they will vote. And, and when we vote a heathen mayor, a God-hating heathen governor, when we vote God-hating, Bible-hating president, and then we appoint... Godless Supreme Court judges, we will be living in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, um, j- just look around. What, that's the kind of life we will be living here, where everybody shoots everybody, and there is no peace, and there is no. It's a total lawless land, and that's where we will be. And this isn't some wild-eyed preacher preaching. I just happened to watch the news the other day. I mean, it's cl- here's where you're. You can have this kind of life or you can have this kind of life. Our country can operate like this or our country can operate like that. And I happen to enjoy living in a law-abiding nation. Just talking to a a minister friend of mine earlier today on the phone. And they were talking about buying some property in a third world country to start a mission work there. Uh, and here was my, the, the advice I gave him was the advice that I got. You got to be careful. There's eight or 10 or 12 titles to that piece of property floating around. It's a godless society. And so you can only say you own from the southeast corner to the northwest section to the third. See, that only operates in a, in a law-abiding nation. But when you leave, see, this guy thinks he can go into another country. And this minister, I was just giving some counsel. I said, look here, you've got to understand, other nations don't operate like, oh, America's not a Christian nation. Go where it's not, and you will understand how Christian we still are. Go where it's not, and you'll understand how biblical-based we really are. But when you leave a Bible-based, law-abiding civilization... You will only owe that, uh, own that property until somebody else decides they want it. And if you give it a few years and you build some buildings on it, and you build some dorms and you build a feeding center and you build a church, there's going to be about 10 people down there that are going to want that. And you won't have it anymore because that country does not operate on laws that are higher than mankind. See, when you take the Bible out, then all we have is laws. So I said you could own it. Now I say you can't own it. You you have to have a law that's above what is happening in that nation. And, and, And for us to continue to operate like America has operated, well, chapter 29, verse 2. When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, the people groan. 
And that's where we are. And that's what I believe is at this point in America's history is the mandate of the church. Because the ungodly is not going to infiltrate godliness into our nation. So if the church doesn't, we're doomed because we will begin to elect ungodly people. That's where we are in Proverbs. And because of that, we have to enjoy God's guidance. We have to enjoy God's commandments. We have to enjoy God's word. Who do you tell me what to do? I want to go out and enjoy life. I just want to, I want to be free. I just want to go out and live free. You really don't. And you certainly don't want everybody around you enjoying life and living free. Because they're going to steal everything you got. You, you want some boundaries. You want some definite rights and some definite wrongs. You want a, a right standard. Three thieves rob a bank. Robin isn't wrong. Robin's not bad. Everybody does it. And it's all right. In their mind, they have figured out how stealing is okay. So they get it away. They run up into the woods. And they sit down and start dividing up the money. And one guy says, I'm going to take all of it. What are the other two guys going to say? Oh, wait. Stealing's wrong. (laughs) See, if stealing is okay, then you're in trouble. (laughs) It does not work. It doesn't even work for the thug. Even the bank robber wants a sense of right and wrong and an ethical, moral standard in people's lives. And we've got to enjoy God's wisdom. And somehow or another, we're going to have to communicate to our children and our grandchildren that God is not out to ruin all of the fun in life. God's not out to ruin your life, to keep you from having any fun. God is all about you enjoying life. And so because of that, we have to understand God's will is not negative. God's will will keep you happy and blessed. The the way I always teach this concept is the understanding of God's will simply, or God's word simply being an owner's manual. Yes, Yes, absolutely, you can get your curling iron and play with it in the bathtub if you want to. It's my curling iron, I can play rubber ducky in the bathtub with it if I want to. I'll pay for this, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do with my curling Well, you can do that, but it's not going to work. The next time you plug it in, it ain't going to work. See, it, it's an owner's manual. Don't get it wet. Don't do this. When you buy something and it tells you don't do this and don't do that and only put gas in it and don't put diesel in it and don't put grape juice in it, they're not trying to ruin your life. They're trying to ensure that that item work the most effective way it can possibly work. And that's what God's Word is for us. He's not trying to destroy your life. It's just simply an owner's manual. If, If you will put only this in, this body will work the best. Life will work the best for you. And and we've got to make following God's will our full pursuit. And and I I want to just tell you, uh, the problem is this. In, in, In Christianity today, 
is we have moved God, we've moved our walk with God to a cafeteria line. We've moved the things of God to a buffet line where we get our tray and I'll have some of this. Oh, I like this. I'll get a couple scoops of this. I don't want that. I don't like that. Oh, I still enjoy it. No, I'm not having that. Oh, I like this over here. And, and that's not the way God's will works for your life. See, you, you, you partake of all of his will. Your life centers on fulfilling his will, not picking and choosing which of the commandments you want to obey and which of them on Friday night you don't want to obey. And, I, and let me end with this. You're going to stand before God. There's going to be a judgment day. And whether you think this activity or that activity is okay, whether your friends think it's okay, whether the TV says it's okay, wisdom teaches us that God is a righteous God. God's a righteous God, and those that follow Him will walk in righteousness. Y'all stand. Father, we thank You for Your Word that gives us wisdom, that gives us direction. God, we understand that foolishness is a constant crier. That foolishness constantly cries out to suck us in. Lord, that we walk wise. Continue to direct us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message on Proverbs. CMC has so much to offer. We host men's and women's conferences each year summer camps for all ages, a Christian school K-4 through 12th grade, youth conferences, a college-age internship, and much more. Go to cmchurch.com for more information about all the great things CMC has for you.